Hello everyone, it's really good to see you. Our reading today is taken from Mark's Gospel, um, chapter 4, and I'm going to read from verse 35 to the end of the chapter. It's a familiar account of an incident with Jesus and his disciples on the lake. So Mark chapter 4, and uh, beginning to read from verse 35. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. A short word of prayer. Heavenly Father, that you would speak to us from this account of Jesus and his followers in that context. Please apply your calm authority to us, your followers, in our current context. For your namesake. Amen. I want to spend just a few minutes pulling out one or two things that I notice from this passage. No doubt, as you look at it, you'll notice other things as well. The first is that Jesus is very clear about what he's going to do. He's been teaching all day. Uh, there's a large crowd, so large, in fact, that we see from verse 1 of chapter 4, Jesus has to get into a boat and sort of push out from the shore into the, into the lake so that he can speak to the whole crowd. And he teaches them all sorts of parables. And we see, verse 35, that uh, when evening came, he simply says to his, his followers, his disciples, right, we're going to go to the other side of the lake. And then he settles down to catch a few uh, well-earned Zeds. He's tired. He's having a little sleep. Uh, and we know what happens. Um, the geographers tell us that the mountains and hills that surround the lake kind of funnel the winds. And so often you get quite a big uh, sudden storm that can occur on the lake, even today. And that's what happened here. So these uh, followers of Jesus, um, among them are fishermen, are people who spend every day on the lake pretty familiar with it it's their it's their kind of home base it's just what they're so used to and they are overcome with panic and fear at the extent the size 
the suddenness of this storm. And there's Jesus in their midst, asleep. Don't you care that we are going to drown? <laughs> I wonder, as we pause just there, whether that thought has crossed your mind to ask God amid the storm and the tumult of these last few days. Uh, everything thrown into confusion and chaos. We've got to relearn ways of being and relating and working. Our, our, it's different in our home, those of us who've got uh, children that we're attempting to homeschool. It's different that we can't see people we're used to seeing. We're concerned for people maybe living on their own or who find themselves at physical risk to this pernicious virus. Are you asleep, God? Do, do you know what's going on around us? Are you aware? Maybe that's your question. Or it's the question that's on the heart, the lips of those that you know. How is Jesus able to sleep in this storm? Well, I want to argue that it's because he said he's going to go to the other side. He's very clear and focused on his mission. I've been teaching on this side of the lake and now I need to go to the other side. And no storm is going to thwart my mission. No squall is going to hinder what I am mandated here on earth to do. Which is why I think, I, I note, as he is woken by his disciples, he speaks with a calm authority. Have you ever been in a, in a violent storm outside when the wind is howling and raging? Perhaps you've been by the sea with the waves crashing on a cliff top walk. I can think of times when I've been on a, on a mountain in very strong winds and just to have myself, just to be heard to my companion next to me, I had to kind of yell into his ear. I had to scream and shout just to hold some kind of basic conversation. Do you notice here, amid this storm that has seasoned fishermen panicking, Jesus just speaks. I think it demonstrates the authority that he has over anything that takes place in our world. He created the world. He was there at creation, as we heard last week, Alpha and Omega. He is there right at the beginning in all his power and glory. He'll be there right at the end in all his power and glory. And he is very present all the way through. He's very present, God in human form, in that little boat in the midst of that storm. He's present with us now amid all that is churning us and turning us inside out and upside down, amid all our own disorientation at this time, amid the temptation to fear and to panic. He's with us with such focus on his mission to get to the other side. 
and with such authority that he only needs to speak to the wind and to speak to the waves. Quiet, be still. When we look at the disciples' perspective, how like mine at times in these last few days, few weeks, as I look at all around me, as I try and future project and, and begin to, to worry about how we will cope with this or with that, what's going to happen? How is all this change going to manifest itself on our day-to-day -day lives? I'm tempted to, to panic and to fear. And Jesus speaks calm. He, he's very focused on where he's getting. He's not distracted by the storm like the disciples were. He's able to speak quiet authority. Be still, he says to the waves. I, I said at the start that this is maybe not really a story about Jesus calming the storm. And I think what I mean by that is it's actually a very mundane story. It's Jesus gets in a boat and he sails across the lake and he gets to the other side like he said he would. Um, and incidentally, a storm sort of suddenly uh, comes out of nothing. And so Jesus, oh, it's a bit annoying. This is going to get in the way, potentially, of what I've always set out to do. So he just has to calm the storm and then he can go back to sleep. That's the kingdom perspective on this story. That's Jesus' perspective on this story. And the disciples, by way of contrast, they, they throw up the, the panic and the fear that we're so often tempted to feel. And I think the invitation is for us to keep our eyes and our focus on Jesus. To, to allow his question to challenge us. The question he asked the disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still lack faith? It's maybe not so much that we lack faith, like the disciples, I think all of us have faith. The question is, in who or in what do we place it? I wonder whether the disciples had come to place their faith in their competence, in their familiarity. They'd sailed that lake. They knew how to handle a boat. They had one or two contingencies for a bit of inclement weather. So they were fine. We've got this licked. And then something comes to challenge their sense of control and safety. And now they're on the edge. In fact, they're outside of their comfort zone. Why do you lack faith, Jesus says. And he invites them and he invites us to replace our trust in him, who has a very clear mission to get us through the storms of life and a very clear mission to get us to the other side. That he can speak with such calm, quiet authority. The disciples Mark describes as being terrified. Who is this? And again, Mark, in his gospel, he kind of has two halves to his gospel as he focuses on Jesus. The first half is begging that question all the time. Who is this person, Jesus? And it's articulated here and the crowds elsewhere. Several reference points. Who is Jesus? Who is this guy? 
He speaks with such authority. He heals the sick. He calms the storm. And in chapter 8 and verse 29, a little passage where Jesus invites his disciples directly, who do you say that I am? It's almost as if he's saying, you know, come on, time's up. You've had all these clues. Have you worked out who I am? And Peter is the one who, with the revelation of the Spirit, is able to say, you are the Christ. You are the Son of the living God. You're God's anointed one. Blessed are you, Jesus says to Peter. And the second half of Mark's Gospel, after that sort of pivotal point, is demonstrating, Mark showing all the demonstration of of what Jesus has come to do. This is who he is, and this is what he's come to do, to lay down his life as a ransom for many, so that we might know his authority and power in our own lives to live for God to his glory. Our sins forgiven, our slate white clean, knowing his power and authority living in us. Who is this and why has he come? The two halves of Mark's gospel, if you will. So an invitation, a challenge from Jesus for us today amid this particular storm to be focused on his mission to go through the storm and on to the other side to walk with Jesus in calm, authoritative obedience, knowing that he has the power to overcome. Not that we won't be tested by this, it won't try us. Not that even death itself, which I'm conscious has grabbed uh, two or three friends of uh, members of our congregation. I recognize that some of you are in pain and shock right now. Uh, And death will take people around us, may even take us ourselves at this time. Who knows? But we do know and have confidence in the fact that whilst death has not been uh, abolished completely, It has forever been transformed by Jesus. He's on a mission to take us through the storms, even the storm of death itself, to life and life in all its fullness. And we can know something of that life now as we journey with Jesus. So I want to challenge you to take this tiny little incident to heart, to take Jesus as your focus in these storms. And just as a tiny little virus is having an extraordinary impact on our world, it's to hold to the fact that in one sense, a tiny solitary life so long ago in the far-flung corner of the Roman Empire, died, was raised to brand new life, and has been infecting the millennia ever since then, all through the ages. Jesus Christ has brought hope where there's been temptation to despair. 
He's brought life and love and power and authority where there is temptation to fear and to anxiety. He's brought his peace. And as he did with the disciples then, so he promises by his Spirit to do to each and every one of us today. To be calm in our storm and to carry us through on his mission to the other side. I invite you to pause just for a moment to reflect on this little incident that we've been reminding ourselves this morning. To ask God to to dig into this passage for yourselves, for him to bring out encouragement and inspiration as you seek to sail through these testing times with Jesus. I invite you to to pray that you know Jesus with you in your boat. The fact that he was sleeping then is a sign that he is at peace and he invites you to be at peace as you put your faith and trust in him. That even though the storm swirls around, Jesus is with you in the storm and will carry you through it. It may be you want to take just a few moments now to be with Jesus, to pray to him to invite his presence to fill you by his spirit. If you want to take some time, feel free to pause the the film just now. Uh, And I'm going to um, just allow a few more moments of quiet, of reflection. And then I'll conclude our gathering together, virtually as a church, uh, by praying the blessing, a prayer of blessing over you. So receive this prayer of blessing. May the peace of God, which goes beyond our understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit be amongst you, those whom you love and for whom you pray, now and forevermore. Amen.